0: Hi, everyone. Benjamin Smith here, pastor of Revealing Truth Ministries, Wesley Chapel. You know, God is always speaking good things to us, and he has a word for you today. We are sure of it. Take some time out to listen, and we'll be back as soon as we're done. God bless you. God, I thank you for each and every person here. We never take it for granted, this opportunity that we have to come and minister together. I pray that you give me your inner wisdom to speak life into each and every person. I also pray that everybody, under the sound of my voice, gets something out of the message today they can use. They will be able to use this message and make their lives better. God, not just years from now or months from now or weeks from now, not even days from now, but they will be able to use this message and make their lives better immediately. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Amen. If you would, lift up your Bibles for me and let's say this Bible confession. We're going to say this together. All right, family, let's go. This is my Bible. I can be what it says I can be. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. Every verse is God breathed and I aim to live by every word. It is essential to my faith foundation and works to change me from the inside out. Into the person God created me to be. That is why I shall never let it go. It is reliable. It is the truth. It is divine. It is the word of God. And shall forever be to me. My Bible. In Jesus name. Amen. Loved ones before we kick off. Or tee off. Or turn the oven on. Whatever kind of analogy you want to use. I got a Smith story for you. Now. All right, now. Nah. You know, you all know that from birth, in, in the natural sense, Greta and I have two sons. We have Benjamin, who's the oldest, and we have Eric, the youngest. Recently, just a tad over a month ago, my daughter got married, so I have a new son, Corin. Give God some praise for Corin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's only taken 30 days for him to get into the Smith story flow. <laughs> Let me tell you this story, because it is, it, I, I love this story. We're at, we're at home. Keep in mind, Benjamin's my oldest. We're at home, and we're just, you know, I can, I, can, I can joke with people. So we're always telling jokes and cracking on each other. You can't have thin skin up in the Smith house, because you're going to get slapped and start hollering. That's just how it's going to happen. So, we're telling jokes, and then Corin comes over. So we start telling jokes, and I'm starting to rip him and give him a my hard time. He looks over at Dorena, and he says, well, babe, that settles it. When your parents get older, they're going to stay with Benjamin. <laughs> I say, I like him. I like him. Just jump in there and start swinging, boy. <laughs> Swing at the chief right off the bat. I like that mess right there. Hey, you go on, corn. You are right with me. You are right with me. All right, family. Uh, as you know, we have been talking about Moses and this burning bush in the book of Exodus. And recently, we've roped in Daniel 3 to talk about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And we're going to continue that connection today. Notice right off the bat, here we go. Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 5 in the voice. You're very familiar with it. It says, now one day when Moses was shepherding the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, he guided the flock far away from its usual pastures to the other side of the desert and came to a place known as Horeb where the mountain of God stood. There a special, the special messenger of the eternal appeared to Moses in a fiery blaze from within the bush. Moses looked again at the bush as it, bur- as it blazed, but to his amazement, the bush did not burn up in flames. Moses said to himself, why is this bush not burning up? I need to move closer to get a better look at this amazing sight. When the Eternal One saw Moses approach the burning bush to observe it more closely, he called out to him from within the bush. God said, Moses, Moses, Moses said, here, I'm right here. God says, don't come any closer. Take off your sandals and stand barefoot on the ground in my presence for this ground is holy ground. We've already covered that the fact that this bush was amazing is because of what was within it. God was in the bush and the same thing applies to you and I. We have God on the inside of us. When the Holy Spirit began to reside on the inside of us, He set us ablaze. In effect, he caused us to be a burning bush. Although the Bible does not coin a phrase, holy Ghost fire, we collectively agreed that we would accept the mindset that when we said yes to Jesus, we picked up that holy Ghost fire. We picked up that thing that puts us ablaze. We picked up that thing that makes us, hey, impervious to whatever flame life, or the devil, or other people send our way. You can't burn me up, because how are you going to burn me up when I'm already on fire from the jump? The same sort of realization happened to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in Daniel chapter 3. These men were committed to God. In their mind, they were like, Our God is the only God. And when King Nebuchadnezzar said, listen, I built an idol. I expect you to bow down and worship that idol. They were like, no, we're not going to do that. And as a result, the king made the decision that, okay, you know what I said. If you didn't bow down, you're going in my furnace. He He throws him in the furnace. And when he throws him in the furnace, don't front run me, come back. When he, goes, when, he, when he goes into the furnace, what actually happens is if we were to put it into a more ruthless type terminology, that was nothing short of a planned execution. I'm the king. I can do that. I got the power. We're going to execute you because you won't do what I asked you to do. He throws them in the flame that he, by the way, heated up, not him personally, but he had his folks heat up seven times harder than usual. And he witnessed an amazing sight after he threw them in. What was that amazing sight? Notice this. Nebuchadnezzar, this is verse 24 through 25, and I'm in the voice translation. Nebuchadnezzar could hardly believe his eyes, shocked, the king jumped up and asked his advisors. He said, didn't we tie up and throw three men into the heart of the fire? They said, yes, O king. Nebuchadnezzar said, then why do I see four men completely unbound, walking around in the middle of the fire? They don't appear to be hurt at all. And the fourth, he appears to be like a son of the gods. The king learned that, no matter how hot his furnace is, no matter what fire he puts on these guys, that there is nothing that he can put on them that compares to the God they serve. There is no amount of flame he could put on them that could burn them, that could penetrate them, that could hurt them. Why? Because they are already dealing with a fire on the inside. And you can't burn what's already on fire. Interesting note here. You know, we didn't talk about this yet. We'll talk about it right now. These men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these three Hebrew men, they worked for the king. They were employed by the king. They were, they were his, 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 his people. They were on his squad. And we know this because of the communication of certain people. I'm gonna call them fire starters. Say fire starters. fire starters. Now, these certain people are gonna step up and they're gonna say something. And in their speech or their communication with the king, we're going to learn that these men actually work for the king. And so I want you to picture this. The king actually begins to spread out his decree and it begins to happen where they blow the trumpets and the flutes or whatever they did. Everybody, when you hear that, you're supposed to bow and worship. At that moment, that very moment, look at what happens. Daniel chapter 3, verse 8 through 12 in the voice. (laughs) Meanwhile, Certain Chaldean, Chaldean leadership, leaders step forward to make accusations against the Jews. Here's what the Chaldean said. Long live the king. You, good king, have made a decree that every person who hears the sound of the horn, flute, lyra, maybe, lute, harp, pipe, and all other musical instruments when, when you strike up the band, let's call it that, when they hear that, They are supposed to bow down and worship the golden statue you erected. But you have also decreed anyone who does not obey the king's command and refuses to bow and worship will be taken immediately and thrown into the furnace, a furnace of burning, a blazing fire. It has come to our attention that certain Jews, here we go, whom you appointed to govern in the province of Babylon, so they're employed by him. They're on his. They're on his leadership team. Are ignoring your order, O King? They refuse to serve your gods, our gods, and they do not fall and worship the golden statue you erected. Their names, from the point them out: Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Bunch of snitches. <laughs> Snitches. Now, the king may have well had these men thrown into the furnace, but these Chaldeans, they started the fire. Tattletales. Rats. Snitches. Loved ones, have you... Mm. Say this with me. Let's, 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 let's go on and say it. Say, have you, have you ever, ever been, thrown been thrown into one of life's furnaces, of life's furnaces on, the on the account of some sons of snitches? <laughs> hmm? <laughs> have you ever been thrown into life's furnace because of some snitches? they don't like you they don't like that you love God as a matter of fact they hate it they don't like that you love God and every time they get a chance to trip you up or cause trouble in your life they want to do it they don't like that you smile all the time they don't like that you don't worry about the things they worry about they can't get you caught up in the what the president doing and what's going on elsewhere and what the price of whatever is. And inflation. And why you ain't scared like I'm scared. Why we can't talk about this issue. They don't like that. Every time they get an opportunity to shake you free from your faith, that's what they're going to try to do. You ain't bothering nobody. All you trying to do is be obedient to your God and live your life. But they don't like that. But I tell you what they do like, though. They like any and everything that can possibly ruin your day, get you in trouble, or flip your life upside down. Look at this. Look at look at look at their word look at their word choice. Yes, sir. Look at their word choice. The, this is the Chaldeans. Stepping up to make accusations. Verse 10, they say. You, good king. Bunch of suck ups. (laughs) You, good king. (laughs) They don't wipe their mouth with paper towel. They use Charmin. Look at what they're doing. Kissing up. Here's the next one. It has come to our attention No, it didn't. It didn't just come to your attention. You've probably been waiting to try to get an opportunity to get them guys in trouble. It's come to our, like you kind of stumbled on it. The moment you saw them not bound, you couldn't wait to get to the king. Why? Because you take no better glory and joy into seeing God's people hurt, thrown in the fire tested, it has come to our attention that certain Jews, hey, hey, who's supposed to be with you, who you pay on your payroll, hmm, they refuse to serve your gods, and by the way, our gods, you see, we're on your team. We're okay with what you're doing. We're willing to do what you ask us to do. But these guys here, I think you should check them out. Because your decree says they're supposed to bow, but they're not. What do you think the king's reaction is? We already know. Look at this next one. Daniel 3, verse 13. When Nebuchadnezzar heard this, he flew into a rage and ordered that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought in for questioning. So his officials went out, found them, and brought these men before the king. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were subsequently thrown into the, into the furnace. And that was a pivotal part of their life. Because that is the time, that is the moment these men learned for themselves that they were, say this, say this with me, fireproof. 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 The moment they got thrown in, they learned they were fireproof. Let's look at that word. Fireproof, loved ones is a compound word made up of two obvious words, one being fire, the other being proof. But let's take a moment and and tiptoe through its origin real quick. The word fire has both an inanimate and animate origin. What do I mean by that? The inanimate part is just what it is. It's fire. It's a collection of hot gases that have been combusted. It gives off light. It radiates heat. Essentially, the characteristics of what it is. But then fire is also considered to be animate, a force, something that can overcome and overwhelm an object. It can encapsulate and consume a space. It can force something to be consumed and turned to ash. Fire is not just something that exists as a substance. It is also a force. So the first one is inanimate, its characteristics. The second one is animate. I, I call it its nature. What about the word proof? The origin of proof is something that is evidence and and argumentation, so something that's, that's documented, to establish the fact that something beyond a reasonable doubt, there is something here that we cannot deny, proof, something that's been tested through trial, something that's been shown to be impenetrable in regard to something else, that is able to resist something else when we put them together and we say fireproof fireproof is an indication that a body or an entity or a thing has proven important word there it has proven that it is able to resist fire it is proven through test and through trial, that even though fire comes its way, when fire sees it, all fire sees is an impenetrable barrier. When those men went into the furnace, they learned they were fireproof. With that compound word in mind, in particular, the second word, proof, Let's reintroduce and reconnect with our brother, our friend Moses in Exodus chapter 3 because there we're going to find a unique piece of enlightenment. Look with me, Exodus chapter 3, verses 11 through 12 in the voice translation. Just a quick reminder here because we are puddle jumping This is in the beginning of the conversation, and God is trying to convince Moses that, Moses, you can do everything I tell you you can do. Why? Because I will be with you, man. I'm I'm not going anywhere. Here we go. I'm going to read the voice first. Moses says to God. Who am I to confront Pharaoh and lead Israel's children out of Egypt? God says, do not fear, Moses. I will be with you every step of the way. And this will be the sign to you that I am the one who has sent you. After you have led them out of Egypt, you will return to this mountain and worship God. Whew. A lot there. Look at what it says in the easy to read. Just verse 12. What we've highlighted in the voice is God says, this will be the sign to you. Verse 12 in the easy to read goes like this. God said, you can do it because I will be with you. This will be the what's that word? The proof. Hold on to that word. Hold it tightly that I am sending you after you lead the people out of Egypt You will come and worship me on this mountain. Family, question for you. I want you to put on your Moses hat. You, Moses. From Moses' standpoint, and now from your standpoint, what problem or issue do you have with God's statement there? Roll it over in your head. Exodus Exodus 3, 12, again, easy to read. God said, you can do it because I will be with you. This will be the proof that I'm sending you. After you lead the people out of Egypt, you will come and worship me on this mountain. Process it. What do you think? What is Moses' problem? What would be his issue with that statement? I'm gonna, I'm going to, help you out. Come here. Mike, come join me. A few, a few examples. Now, Mike, I'm going to tell you. Join me up here. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to ask you something. Don't do it. Whatever you do, don't, don't do it. I'm, I'm serious. Don't do it. It's just illustration. Okay. It's a more of a verbal illustration, not a physical illustration. Okay? All right. Turn around and face away from me. No, do that part. (laughs) Way to go though. I know you locked in. You locked in. You lock you you locked in. Okay. Now starting from now, don't do it. Okay. Okay. Keep my question in your head. But look at this example. I'll give you two. If I'm standing behind Mike and I say, Mike, I want you to completely fall backwards and I'm going to catch you. What's wrong with that statement from his standpoint? What would give him concern from that standpoint? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's you're, 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 you're getting there. can't trust okay we got trust we got i'm too little i bind that i'm too little i'm too little all right another another one another example okay mike face them do that part Uh (laughs) no i like it stay locked in stay locked in now imagine that mike is on the fifth story of a building nothing wrong with the building the building is cool Nothing wrong with it. He's actually in there flipping through, watching his favorite stuff. I'm like, Mike! He's like, yeah, what's going on? What you yelling at? I'm like, I'm down here. Here's what I want you to do, Mike. I want you to jump. And when you jump, I'm prepared with whatever I need to have to catch you. Now, it's the middle of the night is completely dark. He can't see me. There's, there's no net as far as he knows. There's nobody. He can't see me. And the building that he's in right now is perfectly safe. What is his issue with my request? Whew. You're close, fear and faith. But what I want you to do is I want you to be less Christian and more just guy on the basketball court, you know, drinking a, a, a soda with, with no shoes on, just talking, just just like people. Don't, don't, don't. Okay, got why? Got what? I sound crazy? Well, that's, that's before this example. <laughs> but I get it. I get it. What's that? All that's true. All that's true. I'm not saying anything that you're saying is inaccurate. Yes, sir. Ha ha. You got it. And you got the loved ones. Notice. God is saying. Moses, jump. I will catch you. But Moses does not know if God will catch him until after God has caught him. One more time. Let's do it a different way. The proof that God is going to do everything that he told Moses he's going to do is not going to be revealed until after. God is giving him proof that he cannot see until after he's done what God told him to do. Look at this. God is saying. I want you to go and get in front of Pharaoh. Look, I know you're scared. I'm going to be with you. But here is my proof for you. After you've done it, meet me. you're going to be on this mountain. And when you're standing on the mountain, you're going to look back and say, God was right. Moses' problem with that, Moses' problem with this is, wait a minute. You're telling me that there is something that you're going to do to protect me, to 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 keep me safe. You're giving me an assignment. And what you're giving me as proof is something that's going to happen in the future. Ooh, loved ones. Next slide. The proof that you are fireproof is in the fire. When we're talking about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, those boys believed that God could protect. They believed that God could deliver. They believed that God could defend. But it never became a solid, convinced thing to them until they were actually in the fire. The proof that you are fireproof is in the fire. If you keep avoiding the fire, you keep dodging your proofs. They 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 had they they had God on their side. But having God on your side and believing God will do is different than actually stepping up and seeing what God will do. God has told you that he will provide. He's told you that he would defend. He told you that he would protect. But you looking for proof up front. God says step into the fire and I will give you proof. Why on the other side of the flame you will get your proof. There is a saying. And the saying is there before you. It is, the proof is in the pudding. Because these gentlemen learned that they were fireproof when they went into the furnace. They had a certain belief, but now they know. Let me ask you something. What career have you been avoiding because you fear the furnace? What activity in your life have you been avoiding because you fear the furnace? What thing that what thing has God called you to do? Who has he called you to reach? But you refuse to go in the furnace. Hey, it's understandable why you don't want to go. It's hot in there. It's naturally a place that can make you uncomfortable. But as a believer, you have the Holy Ghost fire on the inside of you. Spiritually already set ablaze, but you don't know that you're really fireproof until you go in the fire. The proof is in the pudding. You know, that that saying there, the proof is in the pudding, it it doesn't really matter what context you're using it in, because you can apply it to a lot of different things, but just its raw origin. The basic understanding of it is this. You can be a cook. And you can whip up some pudding. And it can look like the best pudding in the world. You can put strawberries on it. You can put some whipped cream on top of it. You can put it in, in, in one of them, what's some kind of fancy glasses you like? Crystal? Like crystal, some kind of crystal. Uh, no, it's a name brand. Perfect. That'll work. (laughs) Pyrex with some with some measurements on it. Okay, we put it. We're going to measure some stuff in there. You know, you can put it as pretty as you want. It don't matter. It don't matter the class that that does it. You can be in a five star restaurant or you can be on a mom and pop on the side of the road driving in the country. It don't matter when the pudding get put in front of you. It doesn't matter how good it looks. The only thing that's going to be the true test of that pudding is when you taste it. And you only get that proof of it being good after you taste it. It's the same thing with God. Say this with me. When it comes to obtaining proof from God, Many times, Many times you, must you must take the leap of faith, leap of faith before, before, you before you get the proof. Family, in other words, when it comes to God, you've got to taste the pudding first. Look at Psalms. David writes these words: Psalms 34. Verse eight, the King James and the easy to read version. David says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. The easy to read says this. Give the Lord a chance to show you, family. You got to give the Lord a chance to show you. You got to give God a chance to show you that he can protect. They show you that he can defend. that show you that he can deliver. You got to do that, but you can't do that avoiding the flames. Always remember that the fire that burns in you is greater, and until you go in the furnace, until you're tested, until you tried, you don't know for sure that God can do everything God says he can do. But once you go in the furnace for yourself, you learn without a shadow of a doubt that you're fireproof. Easy to read. Give the Lord a chance to show you how good he is. Great blessings belong to those who depend on him. These men went in this furnace and found that they were fireproof. They gave God a chance to show them their proof you need to give God a chance to show you the proof for yourself. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego landed in the furnace, and notice this. Give me my Daniel back again. Yes, sir. Notice. In the furnace, the king go, Oh my goodness, they're still alive. Here we go. Verse 25. He says, we threw in three, then why do I see four men? And he said, the fourth appears to be like a son of the gods. We're going to phrase it this way. When they got thrown into the fire, God met them there. 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 Just like we decided at the beginning of this whole discussion probably over a month ago, that Moses made the decision to take an alternate path, and that alternate path was the place God met him. God met him on the alternate path, not where he wanted to go, but the path that God expected him to be on. God met him there. God met these men in the furnace, and they never would know that God would meet them there if they didn't go in. I take you one, one better In the midst of the flames, even though they couldn't see it at the beginning, God was there waiting. Their protection was already set up in the midst of the flames. No matter how hot it looked, no matter how terrible it looked, no matter how, how difficult it seemed like it was going to be, how painful it was going to be. The moment they got thrown in, instantly they found out that God was already there. But God was there waiting. God can be there waiting for you right now, but you won't take the leap of faith. He said, come on, I got you. I will catch you. I will defend you. I will protect you. I will deliver you. But you sit there looking at the flames. But in the flames, family, God is already there. It says, he said, there are four men in there. We threw in three, and we know by the way he tried to slip this in here, we threw them rascals in bound. Whatever God has called you to do, it may seem like at the onset, people Life, the devil, situations, your past, whatever it is, your education or lack thereof, your finance or lack thereof, has you bound. But the moment you take a leap of faith and step into the furnace, God will break your bounds. Family, God met them in the furnace, but guess what? They only know that Because they were willing to go in. If they were never willing to go in, they never learn it. And they stay on the outside, wondering what if. God was prepared to meet them in the furnace, but those Hebrew men would never obtain that proof if they continue to ignore and they, they don't go into those flames. If they don't go in, they don't learn it. And you say, but they got thrown in. Ah, Careful. They got thrown in, yes, but they could have avoided the flames by denying God. Mm, Do you want me to go there? How many times? (laughs) Miss Jackie already laughing. How many times? Have you said you're for God, but when life turned up the heat, when the devil starts stoking the fire, when your snitches got to stirring up a bunch of mess and it came time for you to step in the furnace to withstand the heat, to stand for God, to be the Christian you said you are, you said, I don't believe like that. You didn't step out in faith. You stepped back from your faith. You avoided the fire the same way these men could have avoided. Yeah, they got thrown in, but they could have avoided it. But they had a conviction. We will serve no other God but our God. We will not follow any other instructions but our God's instruction. We will not do anything other than what our God sees as right. And they said, and dear king, we don't have to dilly-dally about this. We don't have to discuss it. It's not up for debate. If what you're saying is I got to bow, we're not going to do that. You can throw us in there, and if God want to save us, he will. You can throw us in there, and we can be burnt to a crisp. If that's the case, then God must have allowed that too. But you know what we're not going to do? Turn our back on our faith. Now, I want you to notice something. After the king witnesses God's ability to deliver. Look at these words in Daniel. Chapter three, we're going to go through verses 26 through 29. We're almost to the end of Daniel. Now, they've 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 gone through the fire. He looked in there. Man, these guys, there's four people in there, all that stuff. It says this. Then Nebuchadnezzar moved as close to the door of the furnace as he dared without being scorched. He shouted over the roaring of the blazing fire. Nebuchadnezzar said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the most high God, giving they God's prop now. Mm, We're coming back to that. Come out right now come here so the three men made their way out of the fiery furnace why did I highlight this next part where it says the officers, perfects, governors and kings advisors because now all their haters, their enemies, their snitchers their backstabbers, all the people that don't like them that's trying to trip them up they they included in this and they are about ready to see what God is going to do. So all those people moved closer to see what had happened to these men. They, too, could hardly believe their eyes. The fire had done nothing to harm these men. When you step out on faith, family, God's going to protect you. Their hair was not singed. Their clothes were not scorched. They didn't have the faintest smell of smoke on them. Hmm. Go to my next two. Go to. Yes, thank you. Nebuchadnezzar says. Praise is certainly due the God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego today. He sent his heavenly representative to rescue his servants to put their trust in him they had the audacity to disobey the king's order and surrender their bodies to the fire rather than serve and worship any God other than their own God. Therefore, I decree, pause. Loved ones, when you step into the fire and you show the rest of the world that you are fireproof, it causes the rest of the world to have to acknowledge how mighty your God is. And it caused rulers and governors and people in power and influential people to change rules and laws to better the world and God's people. It causes the land to have to bow and focus and put itself in line with everything God's about. It says, because you guys went in this thing and I not see, I not see, I said not see, I should say, I now see. That your God is the most high God. I built this idol. He's 90 foot tall. He's made of gold. He's high, but your God is higher than that. I'm going to make a decree or a law or a rule or something that everybody better do. Therefore, I decree that any people, regardless of their heritage, nationality, or language, who speak against the God worshiped by Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, a specific God, shall be torn apart limb from limb and their houses reduced to rubble for no God I have ever heard of is able. When you show the world your proofs, they will have to admit out of their own mouth that nobody can deliver like your God. Nobody can do like your God. Nobody can even come close to the God you serve. He says, I make a decree. Not only that these folks, God here is the most high, most high and you can't say nothing about it. I have to say publicly That no matter what God I'm working with, I have never heard of a God who is able, heard that is able to rescue as this God has rescued his servants today. They went into the furnace and the evidence they were able to produce and show the rest of the world caused the whole governmental structure to bow and change we talk about how things are going all we need to do to change the world is step up and show the world our proof but you don't show the world proof if you don't get it because you dodged the furnace say this with me the proof made evident through the fire forced everyone to acknowledge God's supremacy and resulted in the ruler establishing laws in the land that supports God's people. Exactly. And, loved ones, keep in mind, the opposite is the case as well. If, in fact, we do not make the decision to step out in our faith and do what God asks us to do, we're trying to avoid the flames, we're trying to avoid the tough stuff, then we don't get the proof. And so the land suffers. People suffer. Christians suffer. Moreover, there is something else I got to tell you. Mm. Look at this. Look at the next one. This is the last one. The last verse. It reads this way. Daniel chapter 3, verse 30 in the voice. Afterwards, the king promoted. Everybody say promoted. Family. Promotion awaits outside of your path through the fire. On the other side of the furnace is your promotion. And it didn't just say he gave them a promotion. It made it clear to an even higher position. It said afterward, the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to even higher positions in the providence of Babylon. (laughs) You say you want God to take you higher? Stop avoiding the furnace. You want God to take you higher? Stop avoiding the tough stuff. You want God to take you higher? Stop talking about what you can't do. Stop looking at your history and defining what you can't can do by your history instead of looking at your God who can do the impossible and defining what you can do by that. It's a whole different realm of activity in your mind and in your heart and... That you do when you make the determination that you're going to connect yourself with the God who can do the impossible. Because if the impossible is backing you back, backing you, that makes you an impossible doer. God backing you, God being on the inside of you, you being willing to step in the fire and recognizing that God is the God of the impossible gives you the opportunity to do anything. It allows you to look at whatever is impossible and call it possible. But if you want God to take you to an even higher position, the higher positions in God, those positions come after you go through the fire. And you have to go through the fire to get your proofs. You talk about wanting a higher position, it doesn't matter, in your job. You want to go to a a higher place in your marriage. You want to go for a higher place in your finances. You want to go to a higher place in your health. All of that is you stop avoiding what scares you, what frightens you, what gives you pause. You have to be willing to go in the furnace. And on the other side of the furnace is promotion. It's not just evidence that you're fireproof. God wants to take you higher. These men went in the furnace. They learned, one, that they were fireproof, and they learned something else, too, through promotion. They learned and got proof that God was not only a defender, a protector, he was also Jehovah Jireh, a provider. Say this with me. And I must remember, these men... Had God with, God with them, but I have, but I have God in me. me. Love ones, the flame in your spirit burns bright. And it's more intense. It's hotter than anything. Life, the devil, the enemy, other people, your, your, your critics, your enemies are going to throw, throw you away. But you must take a leap of faith. To a- obtain the evidence to prove it. Now, we're going to continue this conversation. We're going to, you know how we do, we're going to pick right up next time. But during the time that we are apart, you front run me again. During the time when we are apart, you can't go back after you front run me. You got to leave it there now. You, you, during the time when we are apart, I want you to have a statement, a single statement, and I want you to marinate on it. I want you to to make it a part of this week's mental process. And here I go. I'm going to read it first, and then we're going to read it together. Because notice I have a term there. The fireproofs, a hyphenated word this time, that I am fireproof is in the fire. So, fireproof, hyphenate there, a specific kind of proof. A proof that you only get by testing, by pulling the evidence out of the flame for yourself. On three, let's read that. One, two, three, go. The fireproof that I am fireproof is in the fire. It's in the fire, family. It's in the fire. (laughs) These men got thrown in. And oddly enough, just like Moses, with that very unusual presentation by God that I'm going to give you proof that I'm going to do everything that I said I'm going to do Oh, by the way, I'll give you your proof that you're going to get there when you get there. (laughs) Often with God, loved ones, the proof that you seek. is not on the outside of the flame. It's in you going in the fire. And we'll pick up with this Holy Ghost fire and its impact in our lives next time love you so much. Let's pray. God, I thank you that each and every person here who has accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, that they know that on the inside of them resides God himself. Holy Spirit, we know you're there but often we do not take advantage of the benefits of the flame you've ignited in us. There's no God that can deliver, defend, and protect like our God. The proof that we seek, however, often comes through the leaps of faith that we take. thus my prayer starting today is that we as believers take courage listen carefully to your instructions and once we've heard from you we do not talk ourselves out of it or cause ourse- ourselves to to fear because the proof that we desire up front is not visible. Instead, give us the heart to know that whatever it is you've called us to do, through the flames, you're already waiting for us in the furnace. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Well, that's what God had to say to us today. We pray that it blessed you. As always, we pray that the word of God blesses you, not just years from now or months from now or weeks from now, not even days from now, but we pray that you got something out of the message today that would change your life immediately. God bless you and look forward to chatting with you next time.